our older community out there know what it's like when you get up in the morning and you just have that difficult time of getting the body moving, getting out of bed and getting your day going. It's just one of those things that happen to all of us, but there are ways to make sure that you can get out of bed easier and get moving easier. I'm Dr. Jason Alvian. This is Structurally Sound. So our guest today, Courtney Mitchell, she is wonderful at making sure people can keep using their body the way they want to on a daily basis. And she uses it through yoga. Yoga. <laughs> Courtney, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. So we're talking about yoga today and flexibility and being able to move around, but we're going to go back to the roots here. Courtney, you haven't always been in yoga. What Correct. did you go to college for? I went to school for elementary education and psychology, and I was a total gym junkie. Um, so before school, after school, I was in the gym, I was going for runs, I was riding my bike, and just nothing seemed to be working as far as feeling good, staying healthy, and being able to maintain a healthy weight. And I felt like I was trying so hard and eating so little and it wasn't working. So thankfully in 2013, while I was teaching at the elementary school, one of my volunteer parents gave me a book. It was actually a book about nutrition. And at the very end, it says that yoga is great cardio and it's amazing for burning calories and for feeling good in your body. And I was like, okay, well, whatever I've been doing is not working. So <laughs> I'm open to any suggestions. Um, so I ended up, I was at LA fitness at the time when I read the book on the Stairmaster, and I went into the yoga class and I absolutely fell in love with it. Um, shortly after I decided to cancel the gym membership, I stopped doing any other exercise and I went for my yoga teacher training certificate. So I became a yoga teacher in 2014 and I decided to quit my job and just be a full-time yogi. Now, wait a second here. You said 2013 mm -hmm. is when you found it and you were already an instructor by 14. That's how fast you fell in love. Oh yes, absolutely. Like I, so April, 2013 is when I discovered yoga and I actually had applied to be in the teacher training that fall, but my teacher, Leslie Glickman at yoga journey said that I hadn't been practicing long enough. Like I hadn't been practicing yoga for long enough to be accepted into the program. So I waited for the next round, which I guess was the next spring. And then I remember I graduated and school started again a couple days after that. And I remember setting up my classroom and just thinking to myself, like, I promise myself right now, this will be the last first day of school that I ever do. Like I want to be a full-time yogi. That's my path. That's where I belong. And so I actually resigned at the end of the next school year. And I didn't know what, <laughs> what I was going to do. I just knew that I wanted to teach yoga and I trusted the process. So I resigned. I had my salary until that August. So I resigned in May and then I just took every opportunity. I said yes to everything. I applied everywhere, country clubs, fitness, like wherever I could be accepted to teach. I said yes to everything. And that built into a really beautiful following. And so I went into mostly group classes. And at this point it's mostly private clients. And the only public classes I'm teaching are at Dr. Alvian's office on Thursdays <laughs> for yin. And then I have a public yoga, um, 
I have a public vinyasa at Yoga Journey on Sundays at 10. And then occasionally I teach at the animal sanctuary, just mostly because I love to be with the goats and chickens and horses. <laughs> so you're teaching animals how to do yoga? Yeah, no, <laughs> they're there observing, <laughs> but I mean, they'll participate. They like to be part of it. They're definitely curious. Um, I think people come to that class mostly just to see the animals, not so much for the yoga. <laughs> so now this transition, you went through college, you've got degrees in teaching mm -hmm. and you switched over to yoga. Do those degrees and what you learned and working with children, did it help you with instructing in yoga? Yes. And you just reminded me, I forgot something super important. Part of the transition, um, obviously I got a lot of practice being a public speaker and learning how to guide people to do what, like to be specific in my cueing and be very clear in my instruction. So that helped. Um, that was the part of the teacher training that I felt like I was already really prepared for. A lot of people in my teacher training had been doing yoga for a long time, a lot longer than I have, but I have the background in education. So that was helpful. And my first yoga class, actually, when I was transitioning was I started teaching for the kids after school. So I would rent out a classroom. And then, so I was at Addison Meisner elementary school at the time. And I rented out a room for after school and we would do yoga from, I think it was three fifteen to four fifteen, And so that was like my first paying class that was mine. And then that turned into more. So I'm just, I'm very grateful for how it all unfolded so perfectly because it was fun the whole time. <laughs> okay. So now you go through yoga training. How long does that process take? And well, so the actual training, I believe is about four months. It's 200 hours. And then my teacher, Leslie has her philosophy is that once you're her student, you're always her student. So I did her 200 hour teacher training I passed and then I chose to sit in again two full times. And I've sat in, I think, on all the trainings that she's done since I graduated, at least a little bit, just because I'm always learning something new. And depending on where I am in my own life, the information lands differently. So um, I really I appreciate that she lets us keep coming back and learning more. And then I did her yin training and I did her 500 hour advanced training because I'm just like a little sponge and I just love all the things that are, <laughs> that are yoga. So, um, and that's really inspired me. And now I guess leading by example, my husband ended up doing the same training and now he's a yoga teacher. So we've evolved you together sucked him in. <laughs> I sucked him in. <laughs> and he loves it. He's so successful also. So it's just been, it's been really special because I feel like what I'm teaching people is really helpful and it's changed my life, just meditation and the mindfulness and just like in my own body, I feel the best I've ever felt. And I know that people I graduated high school with at 33, like they do not feel the same. They feel like their bodies are falling apart. And I feel like every year I feel healthier and like more vibrant and just less things hurt. <laughs> so I know that I'm doing something good. And also I weigh the same amount now at 33 that I did when I was 17 and my exercise now is literally just yoga. And I would say I do maybe three hours of sweaty yoga a week. The rest of it is just like yin, like restorative stretching. And that has been really eye-opening because I used to be 4.45 AM to 6.45 AM at the gym, Stairmaster classes, like just like beating myself up so hard. And then I'd go back sometimes after school or after work, whatever, and just work out more. And I never felt like I feel now. That's awesome. Yeah. Now. 
I know that there's a lot of different styles of yoga. So yoga is more of a heading, kind of like yes. you could say a restaurant's a heading for all different types of foods. So for anybody out there that's listening, that's never done yoga, or they're possibly looking at, well, maybe I could do it, or I didn't want to do it because I saw one class that looks like this. Let's go over some of the different styles of yoga and what their benefits are. I'm so glad you brought that up because a lot of times students or clients even will say, well, my doctor said yoga is bad for the body, so I can't do it. And that is very frustrating to me because I really doubt the doctor saying that know anything about yoga. Um, power yoga obviously is not something that I would recommend to someone who is um, already struggling with health issues. So power yoga is like, you can be in hot yoga or just a very difficult vinyasa where it's a lot of inversions, a lot of arm balances, and a lot of like chaturangas push-ups basically um it's cardio it's hard um, mostly standing and very sweaty and then on the opposite end of the spectrum there's yin which is what i've really gravitated towards yin is restorative it is on the floor like eyes closed lights out just very slow meditative stretching we hold the poses in yin for anywhere between three to seven minutes and you could fall asleep. Dr. A does fall asleep. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> and it's just, it's very quiet. Like my music is spa music. I sprinkle in some inspiration, but mostly the yin is really to turn inward, really get to know your body better, get to know your mind better and really pay attention to your deep breathing. Um, so it's nice and slow. And then there's vinyasa, there's like a slow flow vinyasa, which is not quite power yoga, but it's cardio and it's standing and it's for strength and flexibility. And um, I have practiced Bikram. I do not personally recommend it. I am not a fan, but that is very like militant, very strict. You're sometimes not allowed to leave the room to get water or take a break. Um, it's not warm and fuzzy in my experience. And for me personally, what I'm looking for is to live a more peaceful, happy life. And I want the teacher and the class to really provide an environment where I can feel safe and trusting enough to like really work on myself and have breakthroughs. And I, so when I teach, I keep that in mind that I want my students to feel safe and like, it's okay to like be a little vulnerable Mm -hmm. um, be open to transforming. Yeah. So I looked at, at yoga and I, I feel like there's, there's, there's two spectrums. Mm -hmm. If I was to put it into two categories, I know there's more than that, but you have the one that seems to focus on the building the body exercise, yes. sweating first. And then the ones that focus on let's get into a meditative state, which you would call restorative yes. with some flexibility work yes. added into it. And that seems to be a, a big thing that most people are not doing is you and I are even right here now sitting down at a computer right. type of thing. And most people sit in these positions for oh, eight hours, nine yes. hours, 10 hours at the office. Yeah. And then they're in a car for the same, yeah. or even if they're working from home, then they're not even in the best ergonomically correct seats. And they're there all day. And I'm like, now, now you're going to sit up on <laughs> <laughs> the chiropractic yes. office. <laughs> So in, in your experience with working with, with clients and things, what type of people tend to finally come and say, I need help from you? Okay. So currently I, and I won't use their names, but my private client, 
um, <laughs> I forget, I don't even know how to call it, but like my private clients right now, um, one of, one of the classes, I actually twice a week, I teach for a hedge fund. So they are, they're at multiple computers all day and they're sitting and they're just like swiveling back and forth. I think they have three screens or four screens sometimes. So they sit all day. Like you said, they drive to the office sometimes from Jupiter to Boca Mm -hmm. and they sit all day for, I don't know, 10 hours on multiple screens. And so they have me twice a week and it started actually as yin. And then they were asked, they were like, listen, we are still all day. Like we are sitting in the same position all day. We want to move a little faster. We want to sweat a little bit, like just get the blood flowing. So for them, it ended up being vinyasa twice a week, but it's not, I wouldn't say it's power yoga. It's still, it's slow. I'm a big fan of slow and strong because I don't want anybody to get hurt in my class ever. And so for them, like we do a little bit of slow stretching and meditation in the beginning. And then it's a lot of movement because they're just like ready to jump up and down. They've been sitting for so long. And then on the other end of the spectrum, I have a client who is 91 years old and it is literally bed yoga. Um, (laughs) So she has an ottoman and we use that for half the practice. And then we, she lays on her bed for the rest of the practice. So it's just, it's a little bit of just practicing standing, practicing, moving the toes, lifting the arches and just standing up tall and not leaning forward. And then the rest of the hour is she sits on the ottoman. We do a little gentle twisting. She lays on the bed and then we do, um, same, like a little gentle twisting and just simple things like circling the ankle or circling the wrist, spreading the fingers, spreading the toes, just really gently turning the head side to side. Um, so yoga really could be for everyone. Mm -hmm. So I feel bad when people say like, Oh, I'm not flexible. I can't do yoga. Like there there's literally 90 year old something people doing yoga. Everyone can do yoga. We just have to have smart teachers who know how to work whatever body is in front of them and be safe that nobody gets hurt. Well, now you're here in South Florida with all of us down here and <laughs> people around here can get a hold of you as, as an instructor. Um, do you do any type of Zoom or online type of yoga? Yes. So when everything shut down, actually March 2020, I switched to, I was just doing my own classes on Zoom, just my own schedule and whoever, my friends, family, whoever follows me on Instagram could join. I just had them uh, Venmo me. And then currently like still I'm doing the zoom classes for the hedge fund because their meetings are spread out all over the place. So it used to be Monday, Wednesday, four 30 to five 30. And if they had a meeting, they just missed it. And then I felt bad because then like they still need the movement. So what I do now is I record it on zoom and I give them two for the week and they could do them anytime. And I don't erase them until like my storage is full. So at any point they have a whole mm-hmm. selection of craziness, depending on what they ask for. Um, I'm really proud of them. Actually, they've come a long way been there for five years, I think. And now they're doing the arm balances and handstands, but it was, it's been a slow (laughs) process, process. but they're there. (laughs) And and not everyone needs to get to those. No, and you never need to do a headstand, but some of them want to. They want to. That's that's the difference. Yeah. And one of them, he turned 51 or I think 52 last year. And he's so excited because like his kids are teenagers and they think it's super cool Mm -hmm. that their dad is practicing headstands and handstands, (laughs) arm balances. Yeah. It's, it's, it is a lot of fun. Let's <laughs> go upside down. Yes, like a kid. Now, if people can work with you like live here or on Zoom, what about people that want live instructors, but they're not around South Florida? What are some of the key things 
people should look for in a yoga studio yoga instructor for for where they are yeah like they want to go to a studio near them yeah they want, let's say they're not here and they can't actually work with you okay. what are the what are the qualities that they should look for um so i would say check in with their training and just the reviews of the training they did because some of them like I think you can do a yoga training just online without ever really interacting with people. Um, so beware of stuff like that. Like we don't really want fast track, like factories just pumping out yoga teachers. We really want it to be, I find, I find it hard to believe that anybody could be certified in a month. Cause I feel like just even in four months in my training, the amount of information that we have to digest and even the personal growth that needs to take place. Like I would say, make sure first that they were trained, not super fast. Like they've been doing yoga for a while so that they're more aware of how yoga affects their own body, because that makes us better teachers. I think like things that hurt me, I wouldn't teach to my students. Um, I would say, look for advanced certifications, like the 500 hour and know that you don't have to ever follow with blind obedience when you're in a yoga class. Um, when I travel, I take yoga classes all over the world and I'm very mindful because I don't know their teach the teachers there and they don't know my body. I'm very careful um, that I'm not just automatically doing what the teacher says. So if something doesn't feel good, I don't do it. So it really takes, I guess, some like self-awareness and just trusting your intuition, being strong enough to say no, um, that doesn't feel good. And even if the teacher is like calling on you, if something doesn't feel good, don't do it. And I think sometimes people get hurt because they're pressured and they feel like they want to be polite, but the injury lasts a lot longer than that teacher is going to be offended. Yeah. And I think <laughs> a lot of times when somebody's new to class and they're not sure exactly what to do, yes. they're looking at the people next to them yeah. and they try to get into the same position they can, but they don't have the flexibility to do it. Yet. Right. I would say be humble. I'm raising my be... hand because I'm one of them. <laughs> You're doing great. I'm so proud of you. You've come a long way. So I would say, yeah, just be like, when I first graduated my yoga teacher training, I actually, I didn't even go back to yoga journey for a while. I just, my teacher said like, try everything, explore, figure out what you like. Cause you'll be the best at teaching that. So I went all over the place. I went to all different studios in South Florida. I tried hot yoga. Um, I tried restorative studios and I just, I ended up back at yoga journey because it's just I don't know. That just felt the best in my body. Um, I would say yoga South. Also, if you're in Florida, yoga South, James is amazing. He's one of my favorite teachers. I've done privates with him for about a year. Um, that's another thing too. I think that as teachers, we should always be looking to advance our own practice. So taking private classes for me is always really inspiring and like, we're never done learning. Oh no. I'm <laughs> ever. I know. Ever. It, it, We're sponges. <laughs> learning is something that just it keeps you going and, yes. and makes you better as you go through. Yes. Now for you, um, with yoga, there's benefits that you get when you're actually in the class. And then there's benefits that you get outside of the class. What are some of the benefits in the class the person would get from going through this? So just getting, so yin or vinyasa? Let's do both. Okay. You pick the so, first one to go. Okay. So I would say for yin, just the, that quiet time. And even if the whole time you have to keep catching your mind wandering, just really being disciplined enough to, to be in that space for an hour. Um, so much happens in my mind. I feel like I always come out of yin, more peaceful, more self-aware, more patient, less impulsive. And I, I get to 
give my mind a little break from the constant input. So I get away from my phone. I have a break from technology for an hour. Um, and just that deep breathing, like just to get the whole body more awake, more alive. The organs love it. Like just a little simple spinal twist is so good for the internal organs. We, we move in different ways in yoga that we wouldn't in regular everyday life when we're walking through the grocery store or something. And that really the twisting and the forward folding and the back bending, it gives the internal organs a chance to kind of move against each other and increase the circulation. Um, yoga is good for digestion, metabolism, um, just clarity of mind. And then I would say that's more like meditative. Um, that's like mind yoga, and then for vinyasa, I would say like, I just feel so proud of my body and so appreciative of my body when I'm in vinyasa, because I'm amazed at how healthy it is, how resilient, how flexible, how strong. I think it's really such a beautiful opportunity to explore everything that I can already do. Um, off the mat, I would definitely say yoga has dramatically decreased the amount of arguments I get into because I'm, I'm less impulsive and I'm a better listener. So I can stop in any situation usually and take a deep breath and really think, okay, is this worth getting upset about? Is this going to be something that I still care about in five years? And is it worth the drama right now? Or would I rather just give all my energy to peace and patience mm -hmm. and compassion. I definitely think that yoga has made me a better person. And I say to people who only know me from like the last few years, I'm like, you have no idea like what a monster I was before <laughs> yoga. Like I just had such a temper and I was so unhappy all the time. And I think it's because I never really sat still long enough to figure out what makes me happy. Well, if, if you think about it, you were, you were teaching at a school and yeah. you weren't hundred percent happy doing that. Correct. Um, you were working out and not getting the results that you wanted. Um, so you're doing a bunch of things that are trying to get you to where you want to go. And yeah. it wasn't doing it. Right. So, so on yeah, a you're stationary just, bike. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not getting there. Okay. You, you get irritated 100%. <laughs> yes. And, and when you're walking around with that energy, other people that have that type yes. of energy come attracted to you. And then you just hang out with a bunch of irritated people. I know. <laughs> and I say this in class now all the time, like be mindful of energy vampires and crisis junkies, because I was totally that before yoga. And I didn't even know. And it's true. Like I definitely attract different people now. And I feel like my group of friends and my people that are around me now, I feel like they're, I don't know if they're more positive just around me because I'm making an effort to be positive or if like, I just attracted that, but it, I feel like everything in every aspect, every area of my life has gotten better as a result of yoga, like even veg fest day, which is the most stressful day of my year. I feel like because I wake up and I meditate every single morning mm -hmm. on event day, people are constantly asking me like, how are you so calm right now? And it's because for eight years I've been, that is my goal. Like I just want to be happy and peaceful when I grow up. That's it. Like, that's what I want to be happy and peaceful. <laughs> when you grow up, yes. it's never going to happen. It won't happen. No, no but... <laughs> it doesn't happen. Now that, that kind of brings us, you just brought us into the next part I wanted to get into. Tell us about VegFest. Okay. I, I mean, I know this is, for, for those of you that are not in South Florida, you would do yourself a favor, make a trip to South Florida when VegFest is going on, but let's hear about it. Okay. So 
2013, I am given this <laughs> book. It's the, it was the <laughs> it year of transformation. I got married. I graduated with my master's. I bought a house. I <laughs> started <laughs> yoga and veganism. So I read this book in April, 2013. It's called Skinny Bitch. And it is about, <laughs> which is a funny name. title, but like it totally grabbed my attention because it doesn't seem like a it fit science. You at the time. I, oh, I was totally a little bitch. So it was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, um, it was mostly about nutrition. And that was the book that at the very end, it says yoga is great for cardio and burning calories. And everything that came before that part was just so mind blowing. Like everything about, um, the food system in America and the nutrients and just actually what the body needs and what has been promoted for so long in this country and what is causing so many people in this country to be sick and unhealthy mm-hmm. and overweight and miserable. And so I read this book and I'm, my mind is blown. I went vegan overnight. Like I finished that book overnight. at LA fitness on the Stairmaster. I went home, I cleared out my fridge, my freezer, and I never looked back and I've been vegan ever since. And at the time, my husband was about to take over a boar's head route and sell meat and dairy for a living. And I was like, super awkward timing, but I'm vegan now. And <laughs> he was just like, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> so we so we had a lot of big conversations around that. And people, because at the time I was the only vegan that I knew, people were always asking me like, so I don't understand, like, what do you eat? And how do you have anything besides salad? And you're going to die and you need animals to live and you're going to be so unhealthy and frail and weak and blah, blah, blah. And I hear all this and I'm a pretty confident person. And I know like I'm open-minded to change if you can give me good reasons. And this book blew my mind. And there were just so many reasons for why I should stop eating animal products that I was just not going to be swayed. So I was like, okay, now I have to figure out how to be successful at this because everyone's watching. (laughs) (laughs) So eventually I figured out that it would be easier to just host one big day of veganism and have all of the resources in our community in South Florida come together. So together we can teach people about why veganism and living this way is a good idea. So instead of everyone coming to me with questions, now they can ask all the vendors, they can ask the people who come to the event who are vegan, who are now my support system. Um, so basically I, reached out to amphitheaters and first found out who would be willing to let me try this crazy thing. And then I decided to make it free admission. So I, the first event I charged $300 for vendors and then admission, admission was free always for attendees. And it will always be free because the point of Palm Beach Veg Fest is that people who are curious or totally unaware that veganism exists, they'll be walking past these big amphitheaters and they'll see that there's an event going on and they'll wander in and just we'll plant little seeds and (laughs) they'll get like a little taste of, okay, we're not just eating salads here and we're actually healthy and happy people, not just like angry PETA vegans. Please don't be that if you're listening, (laughs) no yelling at people. It's so mean. Um, so it started with one food truck and I think like 40 tents at, um, Meyer amphitheater in West Palm beach. And then we did Meisner park amphitheater in Boca And there were more than 7,000 people there. And that just like 
made me so happy because it shows that there is an interest there. This is necessary because this information should be free and it should be part of the public education system. And it's not. And I know that because I worked in the public education system and I went to school for that. And I know that we're not teaching nutrition like we should be teaching it. And so this was my opportunity to reach the masses. And now I've had so many people over the last few years tell me that they've gone vegan because of either me or my husband who's vegan now and doesn't sell meat or dairy, by the way, he's a yoga teacher and a massage therapist. (laughs) And, um, we, we've actually like a lot of the Mitchells are now vegan. Um, Mm -hmm. I have a little baby nephew who's being raised vegan and he's so healthy and, um, the vendors have become, some of them are really good friends. They feel like family to us now. Like we're just creating this community. And, um, instead of one food truck, now we have like 12. And so, yes. So the event has grown, which shows that there's definitely an interest and it's been successful for vendors too, because they keep coming back. Um, almost every vendor has come back for more. Some of them only do West Palm if they're up there, but some of them do literally everything like Boca and West Palm, every event. And some of them say it's their favorite one. So I know that it's going well. That just makes me heart. Do do you ever bring in any vendors that may not work like in the food industry on vegan, but they, they work in the health industry? Absolutely. So we have everything from, we have chiropractors, we have acupuncturists, um, people selling recycle stuff made out of recycled plastic, anything that fits under like health and wellness and environmentalism. Um, they're all welcome. It doesn't have to be just food. And I actually, I prefer that it's not just food because we can only eat so much and they're True. like 7,000 people, even still, like we can only eat so much. So we need other stuff <laughs> to entertain us. So we stay at VegFest. So they do, um, we have yoga studios that participate. So actually I'm very excited because in December for the first time, we'll have a yoga studio teaching a class at VegFest. Um, this is something that people have been asking me to do for years, but I'm a little busy that day. So I don't want to teach the class. So I have yoga joint teaching. My One of my first teachers, Alexis is teaching at the December 4th VegFest. And, um, yeah, we have all kinds of stuff. That's not food, um, cork culture, um, and eco cork, just bags made out of cork or recycled materials. We have, um, jewelry made out of crystals. We have, um, salt, the Atlanta salt cave where you go and like breathe in all this, everything they, so they'll be there too. And, um, yes, everything that's health and wellness, it's not just food, but flex bites will be there. (laughs) Oh, wow. We, we definitely learned a lot today. Now, Veg Fest. When is the next one? December 4th in um, Meisner Park Amphitheater, and then January 9th in West Palm at the Meyer Amphitheater, and then March 19th again in Boca at Meisner Park Amphitheater. And then soon I will be able to apply for the fall. So I'll announce more dates. We try to do four to five per year. Okay. So now you've got yoga, you've got Veg Fest. How do people get a hold of you? Um, my Instagram is not a basic Mitch. Or they can come to my class at Yoga Journey Sundays or your office on Thursday, 715 for a restorative yin. Um, they can email me, Courtney at pbvegfest.com or the website for VegFest is pbvegfest.com. Okay. So if any of the listeners out there, I know she uh, spoke fast, but you should be able to get a, a hold of these. And if you want to get in contact with Courtney, you can always just contact me at the show and we can make sure we get her information to you. So I just want to thank you for joining us today. I know we learned a lot. 
Um, Thank you so much. That was so fun. You're welcome. You're welcome. (laughs) And again, I'm Dr. Jason Alvian, and this is Structurally Sound. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.